welcome to episode four of Empty Chairs and Empty Tables, your musical theatre podcast from Anglia Ruskin University. Uh, my name's Sean Aquilina, I'm one of the lecturers here, and with me is Ryan Murphy and Adam Gerbertson. Hello chaps, how are you both? Yeah, I'm good. Very thank good, you. thank you, yes. It's been a very busy week for us. We've all been in rehearsals for mm-hmm. our shows. Uh, Adam and I are doing Urinetown at ARU. Uh, Ryan is in rehearsals for Bear, uh, which will all be on uh, later on uh, in April. So is a Phil title Bear a rock opera? A pop opera. A pop opera. A pop yeah. opera. Yeah. Oh. Colon. Col- colon, of course. <laughs> One mustn't forget the colon. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I was thinking about being in rehearsals uh, this week and the dynamics of working among the creatives, among the director, the musical director, the choreographer. How do you manage those? How do you manage them? When when you're in a professional situation, Mm -hmm. how do those work out? Well, I mean, fundamentally, the director is in charge. I, what a good let's leave the discussion there i think that's an excellent point <laughs> to have made uh no go on the director is in charge um but it's it's a weird one because no other you know what what organizations work well with two managers two two they don't they don't really but when it comes to a musical you have someone who's in charge of all the music and someone who's in charge of everything else that happens on stage both of which have the title of director musical director and director for me i only work with directors who i have a genuine you know connection with collaboration with it's all about that you know everything's a conversation and then you have the choreographer which you know if you want to go down the hierarchy of it comes second um to, to the two directors but fun again it's a collaboration and you know i've worked with a few directors who really do try and make it as collaborative as possible sometimes it doesn't work out too well and sometimes it really does and you know it's just a way of, of different rooms working in different ways but what's it like when you get a difficult relationship with a director it's hard i did work with one fairly famous director once and i'm not going to, to say their name but they didn't like what a choreographer was doing with a piece and he sat there beside me and he's around about 80 years old at this point. Um, and he just shouted quite loudly to me, who was sat beside me, he's ruining my piece <laughs> when this <laughs> poor choreographer was 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 working in front of the whole cast. It was it was awful. But we but that but we can get quite territorial, right? We can uh-huh. feel like particularly invested about stuff. And and I'm very aware when working as a director not to tread on a musical director's toes because the music is your thing and how it's delivered and tempo and all that kind of stuff. And so although, as you said, you know, maybe the director is in overall charge, you still have to give way at times yes. uh, and let the other people have their authority within their own arena. I, I feel like a good director is one who surrounds themselves with people who can do a job better than them. You find people who you trust, who you respect, and let them do what they do best. If you can collect that group and nurture them and create a piece of art, let's call it that, that, for me, is the good sign of a director, and it's the times that I've had the best amount the, the, the best time, the, the the best product and process has come from directors. I think it's like that, that I think it's that trust, isn't it? I mm. think that's so pivotal, so key um to having a conducive working environment, you know, because if you essentially if you trust the person that you're working with, you're spending so many hours with that person, either in the rehearsal room or, you know, in conversation on the phone, via mm-hmm, email. Mm-hmm. You're constantly talking to that person in one way or another. You've got to have trust, like you said, that one person knows what they're doing, and yes. you know, and they're they're in charge of their their remit. And you can just sort of give that to that person and say, "Go with it. I completely trust you implicitly." But of course, you, we, undoubtedly have those conversations sometimes where there is going to be 
a difference of opinion. And I think there is when um, it's just the way that you, you have those conversations and, and what they what those conversations surround I think. Have you ever have you ever worked with a director where they've come to you at the beginning of the process and they've explained their concept, you know, and they've said, uh, "I want to do I want to do the Thrupney Opera, but I want to do it all with hand puppets," you know, and you just have to think, um, "Okay, <laughs> let's see how this works out." I mean, that's really specific, <laughs> and I'd love to see it. Um, I've had I've had conversations with directors where they've had uh, visions, ideas, which. Um, I might have questioned for sure, but I I am aware that that is not really my remit, you know. So uh, yeah, there has been times when I've said, "Oh, you know, do you think do you think that's the right thing to do?" You know. But I guess going back to what I was saying, if you have that relationship and that trust, you should be able to have those conversations, those those frank conversations sometimes. Because at the end of the day, it's your name. On the on you know on the production as well you know, yeah as well. absolutely so yeah. yeah yeah I think then it becomes one of the difficulties for performers and for students as well is how do you manage being a servant of not just one not just two but possibly three when you count the choreographer as well three masters you know you've got a director who's saying yeah yeah but give me uh, give me a truthful performance or give me text mm. give me meaning and then you've got a, a MD going yeah but look at me for the cut off <laughs> and then you've got a choreographer going, yeah but you're not giving me enough energy in the dance <laughs> yeah. that could be really difficult to manage right. I mean, yeah, I, I feel sorry for the actors because that's that, the that, job, that, isn't that it? Is, is the job. And it's, you know, so often you do hear, oh, well, I was given a, a differing note from someone else. It's like, well, it's part of the job. And, you know, so, sometimes you just have to let people have their pissing contests <laughs> and, uh, and then you get to the final product. And that's part of it. Like, yeah, it should all work collaboratively and lovely. But there are times when things get heated because people care. They care about mm. what they're creating. And that sometimes creates rifts and, you know, sure, but people care because they're good at what they do and they want to make the best performance possible. Any advice for students to get through that process? The process of, of, of receiving, you yeah, know, lots of multiple potentially mixed and, messages. Yeah. I think, I think, well, I'm, I'm always an advocate for making sure you take notes, you know, all the time, whether or not that's voice notes, you're writing things down, whatever, um, and make it very clear as to who is saying what, you know, um, but if there are mixed messages or if you are confused, I always say it goes back to that really boring thing, that age old thing. of Just ask, you know, ask what are we doing here or, you know, so and so wants us to do this. Is that OK? You know, just check, just ask, make sure there is an open dialogue. That's really important. It's when, you know, some students, it's, it's hard sometimes, but sometimes students find it or I've noticed that in the past, some students have found it difficult to have that open conversation. Um, and that's something that we touched upon actually um, this week, um, just about communication and making sure that there's that open dialogue. And it's something you have to learn as a as an industry, you know, wanting to go into the industry, being that performer, to have that open conversation and, um, you know, keep keep things open. Yeah, I think I think you're right. There's you can ask questions. I think sometimes you have to be judicious about when you ask them because yes. there are times, mm. I mean, we had something the other week where someone came up to uh, Adam and myself while we were trying to discuss what we were going to do in the second half of the rehearsal and just, you know, immediately asked a question. So you have to be aware of uh, where people are at and things like that. But um, it's no, more, no it's more checking for me rather mm. than when I say, you know, don't, I mean, 
I don't mean question. For me, it's not, don't particularly question a decision. You no, know? no, no. But uh, yeah, as you say, check on, on exactly check. what's wanted. Yes. Um, yeah. But do that. Um, oh, no one minds No one minds you doing that. I no, think it's no, much no, no. better than um, just being like, oh, what are we doing here? And it's like, oh, well, I just said that five yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> you know, uh, be with me on that. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I think you're right. As long as people are pulling in the same direction and there's an overall... Um, well, direction, yeah, an overall vision for the production. Mm, mm. Everyone can get on board with that, can't they? And they Absolutely. can all then create, everything should contribute to the whole. And and what you said, Adam, reminded me of um, something that Sam Mendes uh, said. He said, as a director, you've got, I mean, he said 12 other imaginations. And that's, you know, if you're doing a small play, if you're doing musical theatre, you've probably got about 40 other imaginations <laughs> in the rehearsal room yeah. with you. And you're a fool if you don't use them. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to hand over stuff to a cast and go, I don't really know what to do here. Show me this or show me this feeling or give me that picture. And, you know, they'll probably come up with things that you never thought of, which mm -hmm. makes the production more surprising, more interesting and um, makes your job easier as a director. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on then to uh, my favourite scenes, which this week, Adam, we're back round to you. We're back to me. <laughs> Full circle, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode. Uh, so this week, my favourite scenes. Oh, and it is my favourite scenes. There was a little preview of it last week, but here is a little snippet. That's right. This week, my favourite things is The producer. I love this show. Oh, I think it's, it's great. It's it a, like you said, it's one I don't get tired of watching. It's mm. so witty. It's so funny. Why, why is it one of your favourites? So, well, I, I'm, I'm going to talk a bit about it because I just think it's, uh, in terms of comedy, I think it ticks all boxes. In terms of music, it ticks all boxes. And just to be, I, I did it um, when I was a student. I, I was the conductor and I just, to conduct it, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So, The Producers uh, debuted in Broadway in 2001. It's actually not as old as I thought, 2001. Um, it had, look, it had 2,502 performances. It did pretty well. Um, and can you believe it? 12 Tony Awards. 12, wow. It won 12 Tony It held the record. Swept the board. It held the record until Hamilton. So right. it was, that oh, is, wow. that's, how, yeah. that's how good it was. Um, absolutely adored it. Um, so it, it follows... Um, the, the fictional, I say fictional, I'll explain why in a second. The fictional story of, of a producer and his accountant trying to put on the biggest flop possible. They do this as a way of creative accounting. And this is actually the first time that phrase is used, creative accounting, was in the producers. Um, so th there you are. Uh, and how do they do it? Well, in no other way than a musical, they sing about how exactly they are going to do it. Don't you see Bloom? Darling Bloom, glorious Bloom, it's so simple. Step one, we find the worst play ever written. Step two, we hire the worst director in town. Step three, I raise two million dollars. Two? Yes, one for me, one for you. There's a lot of little old ladies out there. Step four, we hire the worst actors in New York and open on Broadway. And before you can say step five, we close on Broadway. Take our two million and go to Rio. Rio? That'll never work. Such a good song. <laughs> so there, there we are. That's exactly how they're going to do it. So they have to find the worst play, the worst director, the worst actors, and put on the show. Hopefully it closes in the first night, because if they close in the first night, they take all the money, and no one is interested in a flop. Yeah, they get the insurance money, right? And it's interesting, because it's basically that makes it a quest show. Yes. They have to get the three things, you know, just like in Into the Woods, you have to get the, the cow as white as milk and all that. Absolutely. They need those three things. So from a book point of view, 
very direct, very clear story. Here's my goal. This is how I'm going to get it. Sean's mic keeps running away from him, and it's really funny. Um, so I, I said before it's a fictional story, but the reason why I, I put that in parentheses is because I've got a, a quote from Mel Brooks, who, who wrote the show, um, in The Guardian. He said... Um, that when he was 16 years old, he worked for a producer who, quote, he pounced on little old ladies and would make love to them, right? That's how he got the money. We're going to talk about that. And they gave him money for his plays and they were so grateful for his attention. And I always say, I, I also say that it's fictional because there was another person that he knew who were doing flop after flop and living like kings. Uh, a press agent told me, God forbid they should ever get a hit, because if they did, they'd never be able to pay off their back their backers. So there we are. You you put both stories, someone who only um, only sleeps with old ladies for their money, and someone who's addicted to to flops, and there you are, you've got the you've got the producers. So the first thing that they do is find a play which is written by um Franz Liebken, and here he is talking about Der Guten Tag Hop Klop. Zwei, drei. And Kenneth Mars, who played this character in the film, the original film, which was not a musical, important to note, the producers then produced his musical, he used it to be as intimidating as possible in his Nazi outfit. He used to go home every day after filming and sleep in it. He'd sleep in wow. it, never wash it, Commitment and never wash himself. Ugh. And sa- safe to say, it, quote, did not smell like a rose. <laughs> Commitment to the role, though. Fair play. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. Method, isn't yeah. it? Method. Yeah, very method. So the next job they have is to find a director for the for the musical, and they find Roger Elizabeth Debris. And he has one rule for theatre, and I think it's very apropos for this very serious play. Play. No matter what you do on the stage, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether it's murder, mayhem, or rage, don't complain, it's a pain, keep it gay. People want laughter when they see. It's a great song. It's a great song. There is a conga, Ryan. There's a conga. <laughs> I knew it. Always I knew it. comes back to conga. Um, so they do the show. They they put it on. It's, it's in rehearsals. Then finally we get to opening night. And the writer, uh, who is now playing Hitler, of course, uh, breaks his leg in true, in true theatre fashion. And so Roger Debris has to go on as Hitler and takes his very important rule and applies it to our beloved Fuhrer. I'll myself I'll to me I'm the crowd who's out to change our history I'll myself raise your hand there's no greater dictator in the land I was just doing a choral cry along with that in, <laughs> in the studio here I love I love that section um, so the show is obviously a massive success because they've totally ironized the whole thing and it's it's fantastic in which case um, Leo and Max have to go to prison of course because they have um, defrauded the, the backers and but it all ends um, in prison of course still singing still producing shows <laughs>
So the show has a happy ending, of course. Um, and, and the show itself has a happy ending. It's had multiple US tours, um, multiple UK tours. It had um, 960, I think, performances in the West End, along with that massive run on Broadway. It is a show that is fantastic. It has everything you could possibly want. Now, don't get me wrong. We did talk about the, re- the reception. It didn't do very well at the beginning. There was a lot of outrage um, from the original film. It was like 20 years after the Holocaust. They did the show taking, making fun of Hitler, right? It's a bold move for um, for Mel Brooks to have done. But every single person who wrote to him to complain, he wrote back personally. Did he? Wow. Yeah, he had these conversations with the rabbis um, and said, look, there's, there's no other way to engage with the Nazis and the memory of the Nazis and to ridicule it because, you know, otherwise we're just going to be oppressed by it. We must we must find lightness. So, yeah. yeah. The power in humour to, Absolutely. you know, um, take away the power of the thing you're mocking. Yeah. Uh, that's what he was, yeah, looking for. I, I, I think it's great. Lyrically, it still stands up. The jokes all land. It's very, very funny show. It's very witty, isn't it? There's some great lines in there. Yeah. Um, the songs... Are, Really well written, you know. Really well written and, and orchestrated, stunningly orchestrated. Obviously, that wasn't in Mel Brooks, but beautiful. The only thing I'll say about the film version, the 2005 film version, is that my favourite song was omitted from the film, but put in as a bonus. It's all filmed, and that's The King of Broadway, which is a great song. I'm going to put a little bit of a clip on <laughs> now. You're looking at the man who used to be the king. The king of all Broadway The best of everything Was mine to have each day It's a great song. It's on. If you ever see it on stage, it's on there. It's. It's. If you license it, it's. In Isn't that, Nathan yeah. Lane just oh. amazing? Nathan Lane, everything he, is he does so is amazing. good. Yeah. I'd like to see him and Patty together. <laughs> yeah, so would I. It must have happened. It mu- they must be a best of friends. Oh, must be. Um, do you do you find that Mel Brooks his shows are very um? There's always a cakewalk. There's always like a two step. You're like a boom cha boom cha boom cha. You know, like there's all. It's a, there, he has a signature, doesn't he, about his shows? Well, do you he not just find- he knows what people want. Yeah, he knows what people want, yeah. and and he and he gives it to them, and he doesn't just give it to them, but he gives it to them in the best possible way. And I think that, like, think of the tap routine in Young Frankenstein, for goodness sake. It's amazing. It's everything you want putting on the rest. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, um, it is, yeah. It's, yeah, I just think everything he touches is gold. Yeah. I also like, though, that when you can be, uh, you're right, you can take those musical theatre conventions and just play with them slightly and just mock them. I mean, things like um, Leo's number, when he gets, before he gets into I Want to Be a Producer, and mm. it's just a pool of accountants um, and their accounting <laughs> machines, yeah. you know, and they're tapping in time and creating That's the great. rhythms that way. And uh, and we've, we were talking earlier about the, the choreography for all the springtime for Hitler stuff oh, is brilliant. With the 42nd Street Mirror. Yeah, coming to up. To show the swastika. To show them just. doing the swastika all going round in a circle, which is in both uh, the 2005 film and in the old G1 yes. oh, film yeah. as well. So they kept it in because it is is brilliant. And it's really, it makes a spectacle of it as well. So you're right about Mel Brooks. Mm. He knows how to give the audience what they want. A bit like Book of Mormon and stuff like yeah. that. You know, they're playing with all the musical theatre conventions because they work. Exactly. Yeah? exactly. Because they make for a really good show. And actually, it's, it's not a part that I, I talked about, but Betrayed being a track is just like that, that angst. And it's something, I think that Betrayed is what inspired, personally, I think, Lin-Manuel Miranda for um, The End of Hamilton, whether he goes through the whole show flawless. And I think it's just, it's a great way to keep the, the energy up for that 11 o'clock number. 
Does anyone know why Leo is called Leopold Bloom? Because that's the lead character in uh, James Joyce's Ulysses, right? Ah, is it? Is that so? Is that uh, is that a kind of a it must be. reference? Is that a little nod? Is that a little mockery? A little not taking itself too seriously? If you do know, do send us a message on our Instagram. What is our Instagram? Our Instagram is ARU Musical Theatre. And it's actually a good time to note that on the Instagram, we're going to put a link to Spotify where you can listen to all the songs that we have been putting on the show for the past four weeks. Great. So listen to all those. All right. Well, I think that's a fab, um, my favourite sing. So thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. And it really is. (laughs) Compared to my last one, which was we didn't talk about Bruno, this one genuinely is my favourite sings. I now understand what the segment is. (laughs) (laughs) Which means now it's time for the quiz. It's payback time. What do you mean payback time? You're the one who started with your impossibly hard. I haven't won yet, is what I'm saying. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryan, you have control now. You you must take a note of the scores, because otherwise we lose track. Okay, yes, I will. I'll keep score. I'll keep score. Well done. I'll keep score. Is there a a link? Is there a bonus question, like there was last week when I did it? No, (laughs) because I'm actually really boring. I feel uh, our production values are going through the floor. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> there, but there, there will be the next time I do this, okay. I promise. Okay. So can can we hear your buzzers, please? So Sean, you go. Me. Good. And Adam, you go. Me. <laughs> nice. Okay, so here's the first song. I'd like to propose Me. a toast. Oh, that was quick. That was Wasn't very quick. Was quick. I'm not trying to buy time. The answer, of course, is company well done yep and, and, and patty laporn i would say okay good very good excellent Obviously. oh it's the link patty laporn <laughs> <laughs> that was the first that was the first week no, the link is always patty no, like with, with, with ryan it's like six degrees of separation but it's only one degree of separation it's always patty laporn i may one day get on twitter and send the link to this actually sean you've done it haven't you you've put the link on on twitter haven't i you? have yeah well can you ask patty to listen to it <laughs> <laughs> she's I'll, on there. I'll she's waiting. Her. Yeah. She's, she's waiting with she... bated breath. <laughs> right, uh, song number two. I me am la cage of folie. Well done. Wow, that was good French. <laughs> That's two to Adam. Right here we go. Number three. Jason Robert Brown. It is the. Um, it is songs for new world. <gasps> I'm amazed with myself. Yes. Sean's face well is disgusting. Done. I got so much ridicule from students about my performance <laughs> on the first quiz. <laughs> You've been studying. I have, you? yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay, yeah, I'm no, not no. afraid of anything. Well done. Okay, number four. I can cook too from Leonard Bernstein's On the Town. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's on a roll. He's on fire. <laughs> In danger of being a whitewash. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Okay, so uh, this is song number five. I don't know it. I don't want to show off. Oh, I do know this. I don't don't want to sing to. Is that Sutton Foster? It is. Me. me. I don't want to. Thoroughly modern Millie? I was about to say. Nope. (gasps) No, it wasn't what I was about to say. (laughs) Uh, Okay, right. So it's Sutton Foster. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hide moons no more. So know this. Yeah. I don't wanna show off. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna wear this no more. Play the saucy Swiss this no more. Nah, I don't know Below it. my signature. I know no it, more. I know it, but I don't know it. I don't wanna show off. 
So that is, and I hope listeners, you you've got that. They will. They will. They will, won't they? They're very good. That is the drowsy. Oh, the drowsy chaperone. chaperone. A musical within a comedy. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, moving on, the next one. <laughs> Me. I'm just gonna. Is it that Carol King one? No, no, no. I see, see why, why I said that. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard. I think I've heard this once. It feels familiar. Is it that? Is it once? No, no, no. no. Do you but have an do you, do you have an idea of the composer? I think it might be like Pasek or Paul or something. No, it's, no. Okay, no, <laughs> totally <laughs> wrong. Totally <laughs> wrong. Okay, moving on. Moving on. No, no, no. Keep going. Sitting at a table, pulling a man of thirty-seven, as exotic as that. No, no, that's not no, 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 no. It was the bridges of. Oh, Madison, Madison Square Garden. Uh, not, not Square, just Madison Square. <laughs> Madison Square Gardens. The bridges of Madison <laughs> Square Gardens. You <laughs> <laughs> watch the show. Watch the basketball. The New York Rangers come on. Oh, bridges of Madison Square. Gardens. Where are we with the scores? It's still four nil, but we okay. neither of us have scored for about two or three. Well, shots. you've got four more to go. More. They, okay. These last four are quite easy. Great. <laughs> Here we go. Got thirty-six expressions. Sweet as pie to tough as leather. Paddy Laponia. And that's no, six expressions more than all them uh, Barrymore's put together. Instead of just kicking me, why don't they give me a lift? Well, Come on. it must be a plot. Oh, me, me, me. It's, it's Barbara Streisand. It's not Thank you. Before, it course. is another Jew. And therefore it must be. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Two Jews around the table. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, that is Funny Girl. Yes. Yeah, good. Well done. Well done. And Omar Sharif. Um, it was from the film. Okay, the next one. Did, did you put my... Uh, me. Is it do Dino we need to do that it... again? Why? No, I heard it. Start speaking. I know, and I still heard it. Is okay. it Dino Menzel? It's the wild party. It is. Well done. Wow. Don't you want to be? <laughs> and she doesn't make a line of cocaine during the song. It's amazing. It is great. Yep. Not feel cocaine. Like this, feel like but... this is a, a, a Slumdog Millionaire moment. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to know all the songs. <laughs> right. The last two. Here we go. Do you hear that playing? Me? Yes, I hear that playing. Um, you got trouble. <laughs> it's that song, is it? Oh, is it not? Is it a music man? No. Oh. Oh. Do you know who's playing? No, who is that playing? Why, it's Gabriel, Gabriel playing. Gabriel, Gabriel saying. This is not in the first, first quiz. Oh my god, quiz. I did put it in the first quiz. We didn't get it either. I don't think I said music man. Anything goes. Yeah. Anything goes. I don't yes, get it. Yes, it was anything story. goes. I, I can't believe it. I think I might have played the other cast recording of it. I don't think I played the, oh, the yeah, one with Patty. Yeah, that that that, yes, what's <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the right one. It wasn't the right one. It wasn't Patty. <laughs> and lastly, I think okay. Adam's won. Yeah, I think it's fair. Do you reckon? Yeah, I do. Here we go. Sweet charity. Yeah. Wow. So total whitewash. What have we got? What are the scores? Mm, like nine nil or something. <laughs> no, I didn't get it. Eight nil. Oh, eight, no, wow. Eight nil. My goodness. I hang my head in shame. 
But then you were like, well, you were super quick off the mark. You were getting it in like it was half a beat. I was very lucky. You were very, very good. good. You were very good. No, don't do yourself You've redeemed down. yourself. Brilliance. Brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. Another quiz, another week. Another week, another episode. So that is all from us for episode four. Thank you for listening to MT Chairs at MT Tables. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. At ARU Musical Theatre. We will be back next week with another My Favourite Sings, another quiz. Until then, bye-bye. Bye.